Good morning, afternoon, and evening, fellows of the nether regions. Welcome to another edition of the Trebe Rigor podcast. My name is Spencer Zimmerman. And my name is Sarah Zimmerman. This week we are going to be bringing you a cult classic that goes by The Room, commonly mixed up with just Room with Brie Larson. Oscar-winning film. Fantastic uh, Wonderful film. Movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not that. This is The Room. Starring Tommy Wiseau, also written, directed, and produced by Tommy Wiseau, which you will discover is commonly regarded as one of the worst movies of all time, and I think we'll both agree is actually one of the most misunderstood films of all time. Yeah, it's almost as if um, this movie was made during a time of extreme conflict or some large event in the world that happened and just overshadowed this. You know, it was forced out of a little bit, I think. I don't think we're saying that 9-11 is to blame for the uh, failure of I this was, movie. I was going to go there, but... But, I, I mean, it certainly had a part in the failure of this movie. I, I, that, that's undeniable to me. It's it, it touched everything in American life. Oh, I, I wasn't going to go there, but we're there now. Why don't we uh, get a quick summary from you, Spencer, on the background of the film's creator, Tommy Wiseau. There's a lot of mystery surrounding him as a figure. We know nothing about this man. We don't know where he was born. We don't know what the hell that accent is he he could be from indiana from all we know well that's funny you say that he actually claims to have grown up in louisiana that is shocking to me because not only does he sound foreign but he looks like a bosnian war criminal he's got long feathered hair a a withered face uh but he's also very fit and in shape it's 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 mismatched and mysterious in every way oh he's the king of style There is much more evidence to point to him being born in Poland. So he's Polish, we do believe. I believe that is confirmed, Uh, which is odd to me because he does not have a Polish accent, which adds even more to the mystery. There's also evidence pointing to the fact that he spent some time in France. I believe, it is my theory, that it was this time in France that allowed the incubation for this movie to occur. You can see parallels all over the place. I think that is a great segue into the main theme of our review, which is the connection to the French philosopher Jacques Derrida's conception of deconstructivism. Yeah, no, this was a textbook example of the use of deconstruction in cinema. See, now, I I think I should explain to our listeners exactly what Jacques Derrida's theory is. Uh, it's it's a bit heady, it's, it's complicated, and for the layman it may not sink in quite so much. But it's the basic idea that language itself is uncentered. So uh, the meaning that I derive from a word is different than the meaning you derive from a word. Therefore, no matter how much I try to communicate something to you, that communication is essentially always a failure. And this concept is a confusing one, but that is a part of deconstructivism itself. Nobody really understands it, per se. We have a working knowledge of it, of course, but we hold several degrees and and are esteemed film critics. But, But to the layman, don't worry about understanding the specifics. It is an extremely complicated theory. 
Now, this episode, we're going to take a bit of a different approach to the way we work through this movie. We're going to be utilizing a lot of audio clips Mm -hmm. from the movie. We're just going to base our discussion around these clips because there's no way to really communicate the way that this film works simply because... I see it and we see it as a deconstruction of filmic language. So it's unlike anything you've ever seen or heard. So we do need to present that to you so you can understand what exactly it is we're talking about. The plot of this movie can be summarized very quickly. It's just Tommy Wiseau plays a man named Johnny. He has a girlfriend and his girlfriend sleeps with his best friend, Mark. She's actually his fiance. Um, That's right, future wife. Yeah, they were definitely set to get married. There was also some Gone Girl-esque type conspiracies happening from mm. from her. Uh, she was claiming that Johnny hit her at one point. She was making up all this stuff because she was trying to get out of a, a possible marriage with him. And though he treated her just beautifully. Oh, my God. They roses. Made, they made love for hours on end on screen. It was endlessly sexual. He would pour rose petals onto her naked body. It gets me flustered right now. The, the physical sensation of a rose petal fondling your nether regions, that is, it's tantalizing. It's, it's unparalleled in this world, that sensation. There's a lot of things I loved about this movie, uh, but one of the main ones was how it was It was so gentle. It just, it was so soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I just, you know, it's, it's like I want to give it a hug, or I was being hugged the entire time. Now, that brings us to one of the main tenets of deconstructivism, which is binary opposition. Language and life itself is centered around binary opposition. And that's what this film is based around. Yeah, no, I think, you know, if you've listened to some of our other podcasts, you would know that we love contrasts here. Mm -hmm. We love juxtapositions. And that's all this movie is, really. Mm -hmm. And I think we just got off on it. We mutually got off on this movie. Well, let's not go that far. Uh, This is a sibling, family-friendly podcast. But we did both collectively enjoy watching this movie is what you could say that's what yeah yeah that was that was other ways to say the same thing yep Mm -hmm. so the first clip that we're going to play here is just a short one of johnny and mark having a conversation and the film very quickly establishes for us exactly how johnny feels and what the plot line will be so let's go ahead and listen to that clip i'm so happy i have you as my best friend and i love lisa so much boom right off the bat he said I'm so happy to have you as my best friend, and I love Lisa very much. Those are binary statements. I am so happy versus I'm so sad, and I love Lisa very much versus I hate Lisa very much. So a lot of the statements in this movie are on a binary scale. Yeah, there was a point in this movie, and it was when Lisa brought out uh, drinks for her and Johnny, and she put them down, and I thought, oh, she brought out some whiskeys, right? Mm Mm-hmm. No. What she had in her arm was the binary opposition to whiskey, which is vodka, and then she poured vodka into the whiskeys. Those two things don't go together. They're in opposition to each other. 
And that's what all the critics missed. Obviously, they haven't been reading up on Jacques Derrida as much as we have been, so that that could be the issue. Um, but uh, this definitely makes sense. Yes. Uh, I think we can agree on that. There you go. The next clip is when Tommy and Mark are having coffee together. How was work today? Oh, pretty good. We got a new client at the bank. We'll make a lot of money. What client? I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? <laughs> oh, Tommy. It's <laughs> a great line. I really love that. And here we saw the concept of a conversational segue deconstructed. You could see that he knew Mark was not fully understanding what he was saying. You know, the communication was off there. So mm-hmm. he was going to bring it Language back. Language was not working for them. Exactly. So, it wasn't communicating fully. And he was just going to bring it back to a subject that, you know, it's 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 universal. You know, how's mm-hmm. your sex life? That is, at a basic level, something most people can understand. I think Jacques Derrida would agree that that question alone is probably the only thing that everyone has the same exactly, idea. Exactly. That is the one exception to the to the concept of deconstruction. Head nod to you, Tommy. Uh, thumbs up. Check mark. Checkmate. We see you, buddy. Thank you so much. This week's episode of the Trebe Rigor Podcast is brought to you by the Trebe Rigor Podcast. Just to emphasize the level of passion in our fans uh, surrounding this podcast, we'd just like to read to you a couple of our iTunes reviews. Shout out to Kel for compiling these for us. That took several hours to comb through and pick the best ones. Here's one from username Magic Mike XXXXXXXL. It says, That was fun. Well, thank you, Magic Mike XXXXXXXXL, for the shout out. And here's one from Raquel underscore EM. The raw talent in the duo is so well expressed through their bold and non conforming analysis of films. They're the type of people you'd want to sit down with some beer and ponder while we drive on a parkway and park on a driveway. Wow, insightful. Thank you, Raquel. Here's one from username SarahZ123. It says, hilarious. And I don't just say that because I'm in it. Oh, shoot, that one was me. Whoopsie. (laughs) This week's episode is also brought to you by the Kel Varnson Foundation. Uh, We do like to remind everybody that we have a fund set up for Kel uh, in his name and in his honor uh, because he is still sleeping in a cubicle underneath our stairs. Please send any loose change you've got. Uh, You can stick it into a plain manila envelope and lick it up and seal it and send it on over. Include a postcard, though, because postcards are fun. (laughs) That would be great. You can actually tape some coins to a postcard. That would also work. Hopefully Uh, you don't get a shifty mailman. (laughs) Just kidding there. We do trust all members of the United States Postal Service Yeah, and it just so happened, I think everybody should know this about Kel, Uh, this week we were taking a bike ride together, this man hit a pothole and flipped over his handlebars straight onto his face. You know what he asked me to do? What? He said, can you make sure that the children are okay? That is always Kel's first concern. Yes. The children. And your first concern as listeners should be 
tell. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, next clip we're going to examine is a very simple one. It is simply Tommy walking into a flower shop, buying flowers, and walking out. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. So this is where the movie got to a whole new level for me because I realized what he was doing was challenging Derrida's theory. Yeah, this scene for me was just an immediate flashback to ninth grade in high school, uh, Jufro popping out all over the place, shoes untied, braces still on, pants sagging, you know, things just weren't together. But it brings me back to um, English class, you know, you're required to write an essay at some point. And what they tell you is, you know, argue a point. However, in every good argument, there's a counter argument mm. for that argument. Mm -hmm. And that's what this was. So, yeah, this could be the antithesis argument, if you will. Uh, this is him. This is Tommy saying certain language is not up for misinterpretation. You know, a transaction such as this is very simple. You are my favorite customer. No room for misinterpretation. Language is centered in this scene. So I think it was a great scene to include to kind of challenge the Derrida's theory itself. Also to just show who Tommy is as a person. He's going in there to buy these roses for his to-be wife. And I think he's such a good customer, she knows him because he comes in there daily mm -hmm. to buy her roses that he can then sprinkle upon her naked bosoms. I think the final clip we're going to play in terms of the deconstructivism discussion is one of the more famous scenes from this film. And it's uh, during a fight scene between Johnny and Lisa. And I'll just play that for you. I can't talk right now. Why, Lisa? Why, Lisa? Please talk to me. Please. You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. You're scaring me. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Why are you so hysterical? Do you understand life? Do you? This is this is me just blown away. In terms of deconstructive uh, motifs, this is a physical exertion conveyed with words. He was reaching out and touching her from his insides. And and I think uh, this scene is so famous because people thought, oh, what? This writing is, is way too direct. He just says what he thinks, and the acting is poorly done, and the directing is poorly done. But, but if you put it in terms of deconstruction, and if we say that's what Tommy Wiseau's intention was, was to have a conversation with that theory, then think about it. Everything communicated to us is a failure. Sure, this film was a failure, but that is proving its own point. It's 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 so circular in its thinking. It's like, hey, yeah, thanks for being a step ahead of me, buddy, but I'm eight steps ahead of you. I've actually done a full lap, and I am now behind you. Tommy Wiseau is right behind you right now. It's in, it's it's mind-boggling to me. I, I actually can't fully comprehend the level of intellectual capability this man has because I can't think that that far ahead of like where I am today just goes to show like this man knew 
how it was going to be received before he had even finished writing the movie. But that was all intended. True intentionality in this film. And that's one of the things we look for in a true director, in an auteur, an auteur uh, in the American pronunciation. So let's move on from our discussion of deconstructivism. I think we really dove deep enough into that. So like we said earlier, um, this was a very gentle movie in many respects. And, you know, I think I think why I was so personally affected by this movie was because in a time when, um, you know, my Buddhist principles have been slacking, uh, my spiritual centeredness has been skewed a bit to the left, or maybe right, to the point where I have five stitches from uh, my face receiving an elbow. You know, this is exactly what I needed. I needed this refresher on on everything uh, near and dear to me in my life. Uh, there were several physical altercations. Um, not one of them was followed up with anything actually violent. There was an outburst, maybe a physical gesture, and then an immediate retraction and apology. Something I wish the wild creature who elbowed me in the face knew something about. Hey, hey, it's okay. It's over, and the scar is working for you. You're damn right. But one of the overlooked confrontational scenes in this film is when Denny, the neighbor boy, is discovered to have gotten into some drug trouble, and Lisa and Lisa's mother are confronting him about it. I bought some drugs off of him. Things got mixed up. I didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> I don't have them anymore. What kind of drugs, Denny? It doesn't matter. I don't have them anymore. It doesn't matter? How in the hell did you get involved with drugs? Uh, what were you giving them to him? Selling them to him? Where in the hell did you meet that man? What kind of drugs do you take? It's nothing like that. What the hell is wrong with you? I just needed some money to pay off some stuff. How much do you have to give him? This is not the way you make money. How much? Stop ganging up on me. Well, it is time somebody ganged up on you, for God's sake. A man like that. Where in the hell did you meet a man like that? It doesn't matter. It matters a great deal. A man holds a gun on you, you almost got killed. You expect me to forget that, huh? You're not my fucking mother. Good Lord, Kel, you were supposed to clean that up. Just edit that right before he says the expletive. Very simple, Kel. Don't know how many times we have to go over this. We cannot dock your pay because it doesn't exist, but we will not feed you rice and beans tonight. Kel, you said you wanted to leave the closet, but you gotta do out-of-closet work. We are not talking about gay stuff here. We are talking about professionalism. So, the the principle of Buddhism is threaded throughout this film. Oh, yes. It's, 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 it's based in, you know, impermanence. This entire movie, it's, it's, listen, we're going to throw this at you. Um, you know, whatever happens to stick for its, its period of time is fine, but everything else is going to wash away and it's going to wash away gently. Now there was one exception to that idea. Um, and that was at the very end of this movie when, you know, there, there was a party. It was their actual engagement party. I do believe Mark was there and Mark and Lisa are openly hooking up with each other at Johnny's party. And he didn't take it, he didn't take it well. Um, and he promptly went upstairs and killed himself. Ultimately, that was the final depiction of, of deconstructivism in this movie. It was him saying, listen, whatever I have to say to you is not going to be logically comprehended. 
Um, so I'm going to say nothing, and I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to need to meditate on that one for several days to come. I'm headed to the Shambhala Center right after this. I think we've really exhausted the text here. Yeah, yeah, I think we have, and it's been a, it's been another uh, physical exertion of energy. Um, I'm winding down. My tea has evacuated my cup into my body, um, and you know, I need to, I need to take a nap. I need to meditate. I need to recover. So, thank you for joining us. Please go watch this movie, and then get back to us on what you got out of it, because we'd love to hear from you. Yes, you can reach us at uh, treberegor at gmail.com. You can also reach us by going to iTunes, clicking write a review, then clicking five stars. That is actually the most preferred mode of communication. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for, for sticking around and for having this discussion with us. And remember, everybody, peace, love, unity, and respect until the end of time. My name is Sarah Zimmerman. And my name is Spencer Zimmerman. And join us next week on the Trebe Rigor Podcast.